happy 4th of July to the gay country that stole my money and put me on a no-fly list and banned me from processing credit cards for my business and banned me from using social media. Nicholas J. Fuentes. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Hello. Welcome to the Down Bad Politics Podcast. Potentially the last Down Bad Politics Podcast. We'll see. We'll see. Going on a break. Yeah, we're going regardless. <clears throat> regardless, my name is Morgan McIntyre. This is my lovely co-host. Yes, uh, Matthew, double, uh, almost fully vaccinated barber. Yay! Pretty much, I'm waiting till this Saturday to be considered fully vaccinated. Congrats! I believe I hit my full vaccination technically either this week or the week before because I got my second shot in in the beginning of July or the beginning of June. So by this point, I'm yes fully immune. Got all the. <laughs> kit and could with the whistles and the shit and all that stuff i i need to find out if i'm magnetic if i'm autistic if i'm gay if i'm transgender on saturday i will find out still waiting (laughs) i haven't started things have not started magnetizing to me i mean the autism is already there for me the gayness is already there the gayness is the gayness is deep it's <laughs> implanted very deep in there but the transness See. still not there hmm still not there although i do have an urge to wear a maid's dress <laughs> well there you go that's what happens although that was there before <laughs> regardless no it's it's good mm, i'm All good yeah. <laughs> All good in the hood, as yeah. the young urbanites say. <laughs> yep, and I'm doing <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, that's good at least. Yeah. You better, y'all better not see my Twitter. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. choosing violence today. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You're entitled to do that. Yeah. Sure. But anyway, it is, as we film, 4th of July. The 4th of July. The birth of our nation. Mm-hmm. And the good old 1776. Yeah, like uh, my shirt says. Yes, that is when America was conceived in the womb of liberty. <laughs> I wonder who the dad After was. being inseminated by the dick of freedom. <laughs> and birthed into this world. Yes. To, to, to be there. <laughs> freedom is the father. Liberty is the mother. Yes. Even though those are technically the same things. <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Semantics. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. No. How very happy. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't have anything to do today. So I, I have something to do today, but it's not in person. Welcome to the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I think I'm probably going to call my grandmother. Yeah, my grandmother for sure later. But other than that, there's not really anything that I'm doing today. Anything special, at least. Just because, you know, this is America. And I'm (laughs) celebrating the birth of my nation freely in any way I want, because that's the point. So, um, I just think it's funny. What's funny? Tangents, side notes, etcs, citations. The tweet that we started off with from Juan Nicolas Y. Fuentes, our favorite paleocon, right-wing nationalist, Christian nationalist, whatever term you want to put on it. I think it just, it represents why America first is such a stupid ideology. Oh, of course. It's just so stupid. Because like, this is a dude who goes around talking fucking big game about like, oh, I'm promoting like America first and I'm trying to make America great again. And I'm trying to like return America to its Judeo-Christian values. White Judeo-Christian values. This is a dude who is very clear about his fucking racism. <laughs> Hispanic. Jesus lived in the Middle East and looked like somebody who would look like he'd be on the Middle East. He would look Arab. By <laughs> exactly. Um, the thing about America First is that it's America First for those who are in the club those who are air quotes american and it's just stupid because they try to always frame it as like well we're just doing it to strengthen the nation and strengthen america and strengthen the american people well who counts as american people that's when they start getting into the all the bullshit (laughs) all the bullshit Mm. The, uh, oh, well, the degenerates. Well, who are the degenerates? Oh, they just happen to be anyone who is not a white, straight, Christian, cisgendered man. Well, so, I am all those things except for the white part. <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. And I am some of those things. I'm white. I'm cisgendered. I'm a man. But I am gay. I'm not, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> so I have two. <laughs> so I, what you're saying is I'm way more privileged than you are. Yes, clearly. By the progressive <laughs> stack, you are just way more privileged than me. I know, right? Or something. I don't know. Regardless, uh, it's... It's stupid. It's stupid. Nicholas Fuentes is like... Nick Fuentes is like the pinnacle of why I don't like the sort of right-wing populist bullshit. Because literally this is, that's the end result of it. There's, there's no other end result other than to turn this into a whole race argument. It, it just turns into a fucking culture argument about like, we need to preserve, we need to preserve our culture and what happens to be the culture of the United States in their minds. <clears throat> it's this hyper-Christian, this, this, bastardization of christianity i would argue i wouldn't argue i wouldn't argue it's true christianity i'm not even a christian 
but it's a bastardization of Christianity thrown in with this like weird obsession with the more successful parts of Europe. Like this is this is another side note within his fucking side note. These motherfuckers, these alt-right motherfuckers who, and I might have mentioned this before, but I don't care. I love this point. I think it's hilarious to me. Because <laughs> like even, because like I've been watching some videos where you've got like Richard Spencer who's trying to be like, we're trying to like make white Americans proud of where they come from again. And so first of all, setting aside how ridiculously stupid that is. Let me, let's say in my case, I take that as like gospel that I want to like embrace my ancestry and my cultural heritage. The areas that people like Richard Spencer are trying to uh, lift up as like American cult, as like white culture, I shouldn't say American culture. I'm talking about white culture. It's like the British empire, uh, Rome, and Greece. And if we're being real here, we're going back to like my ancestors, the Scots, the Welsh, the Germans, the French, the Dutch. Guess what? What? The the Romans conquered and slaughtered Germans and Celts. Mm -hmm. Literally, France was the fucking colony of Rome for years under the name Gaul the like literally like sure England conquered the world you know where they started Scotland Wales those were the first two countries they colonized let's be fucking clear about this mm-hmm. like even if we're going back to like my roots my roots are directly in contrast to this these motherfucking powers you want me to like deify and love and praise and think are the greatest things ever and so like no no like that's why it's just so funny to me it's just so fucking hilarious to me because i have no love for the english for the british empire none at all i mean i i have an interest in rome but it's more as like a political unit and it's like a historical parallel to the United States. I don't have this like great admiration for Rome as like my history because it's not. And if we're going by like my ancestors' history, they subjugated and slaughtered my ancestors. So fuck them. <laughs> I know, right? And so it's just, it's so fucking stupid to me. It is fucking you know what else is fucking stupid? What else is stupid? Uh, you know, since, you know, 4th of July is a thing, you got some people, it's bound to happen. You say, well, mm. that the, the origins of 4th of July. And, you know, I saw this one on Instagram post, like, you know, basically you celebration of 4th of July in quotations. And it says, mm-hmm. there is nothing to celebrate in the 4th of July in quotations. You know what I say to that? What do you say to that? I say to that, fuck them. <laughs> let, let, leave people the fuck alone. Let people do what they want. If you want to celebrate the 4th of July, do it. Yeah. I think people should just leave people the fuck alone. And now I'm going back to my libertarian roots. <laughs> How dare you? You're embracing your libertarianism? Yes. My... 
Libertarianism. <laughs> My libertarian attitude in life. Embrace it. I, I do. I especially mean, I... What's libertarian? No, you go. Oh, especially on a certain to- topic, how one... Um, I forgot her name. A sprinter for the United States thinks she got suspended because she smoked weed. Yeah. And that, as a, a left libertarian, it made me pissed. Yeah, as someone who's just solidly libertarian, depending on the test, right libertarian, left libertarian, I'm just libertarian. Exactly. I'm, just fucking, I'm, I'm just, I've fully been like, it's, I'm not going to go down that tangent right now, but <clears throat> to keep onto this point, yes, it's ridiculous. Because like, it's ridiculous. I do not remember her name either, but it's just ridiculous that the Olympian got fucking removed considering like weed is not a performance enhancing drug unless you think sleeping is like being like less chill is going to help you Shaw Carey is your name but like unless you think that's going to somehow help you which is ridiculous because I've smoked weed before fully admit I have inhaled I have smoked weed and I have (laughs) inhaled lucky (laughs) um and the funniest thing about you, it is... You, you, it doesn't make you... Like, I had no desire to run It all. makes you slower. They it say does. weed makes you slower. So if she smoked weed during one of the things, it should have made her slower. Mm-hmm. It is in no way a performance-enhancing drug at all. And if I were Shari Carey, Shaw Carey Richardson, mm-hmm. sorry, like... I wouldn't smoke weed before a track meet and I would trust her enough to understand that. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's ridiculous. It really I is. Said, this was this opinion. was stupid and just like how Michael Phelps when he got suspended for 3 months for smoking a bong. Yes. So I'm all around it, you know. Same here, honestly. Exactly. So happy by probably this time next year Maryland will probably legalize weed. Yay. You'll join us. Yay. California's already legalized weed, so join us, Maryland. Yes, please. Join us. <laughs> I voted for it. I yeah. voted for it. Even though I have well, no, I think it's people. a law. It's gonna be a law. Oh, it's gonna be a law. Yeah, it's like proposed by people in the the Oh right. You guys don't have proposition systems. I'm over here like, yeah, guys, propositions, right? <laughs> Wait, That's we did so have cool. a proposition when we got gay marriage, but okay. in this case of mar- marijuana, it's basically legislative shit. Yeah, most of those, I believe we've talked about this, but most of the proposition systems are a Western thing. They really are like a Western thing. No one, a, a, few, a few states in the East have it in the South, but it's much more common out West. Okay. So, but yeah, no, I mean, we passed it through uh, ballot initiative in 2016. I voted for it. I had family members who did vote against it, not on the grounds that they were opposed to marijuana. They just thought that the law was bad, which I can respect, honestly. But my opinion was like, the greatest problem here is legalization (laughs) and the fact that it's criminalized. So, removing that for me was basically what should have been was like the biggest 
regulation burden issue. And then once it's removed, then then you can do whatever you need to do with it. Because as far as I was concerned, that's the actual criminalization was the biggest issue. But yeah, cutting back to that tangent, I kind of almost went down. I'm definitely on some level, like very much a like little L libertarian. Like I'm not like- Oh yeah. Yeah, like I would certainly vote. I mean, if I'm gonna vote third party, honestly, I would probably vote libertarian. But setting that aside, the for me, there's certainly been something I've really realized, which is kind of funny, is that essentially like a decade after I became I registered as a libertarian, I have actually become much more of a libertarian because I used to be, uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to was I was registered as a libertarian, a member of the Libertarian Party for two years at least, but at least I did, personally, I wasn't a part of it for, I was really only a part of it for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but to that point, I was never really like, I would never consider myself to be, even at the time, I don't think I was really ideologically libertarian. I was just an angsty teenager who wanted to rebel. And that was oh, like that my way like of rebelling. Me. That sounded like me when I was a libertarian. Yeah, like I just, for me, it was more like I didn't, because it was in 2012 is when I registered as a libertarian. And that was like my first, I, that was the first time I could vote. And so for me, it was like, um, I didn't want to register for the, the, the Democratic or the Republican Party simply because they were the main, the main, the two mainstream parties. Um, I didn't want to register for the Greens because it gave me sort of like the, virtue signaling faux wokeness of like a lot of left-wing politics which i don't like and in the liber at least the libertarian party i enjoyed gary johnson's interview on the daily show and they were cool with gay marriage which was a, basically my defining issue at the time so i, mean, I ended up surprisingly <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> so i ended up voting for the libertarian i ended up registering and voting for the libertarians but then i think i voted democrat everything else down ballot <laughs> Which, well because by this point california had its top two system so there was only two candidates and it was either in most of the districts i was in districts i was in it was either a republican and a democrat or two democrats so like even then I just find it funny that now I'm really sort of embracing that like very much pro-freedom, expand freedoms as much as possible, expand. as many people as possible, but also still having that much more strong skepticism of government, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I just, I just find it funny because like I used to joke about not, like, oh, we used to be a libertarian until I found out what libertarianism is. And like, now I'm like, no, I'm a libertarian. I am at least on some, I at least have a libertarian disposition towards government and my philosophy, mm. political philosophy. So. Mm. so, yeah, both of us have libertarian streaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mostly for me socially. With people doing the bed, marijuana, uh, I don't know, any of that, I'm very much people to get the fuck out of people's business oh yeah for me it's definitely social but it's also a bit there's also an economic element to it for sure because as far as i'm concerned i've i've talked about this before i want 
Free markets. <laughs> Free markets. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't think there should be, you know, accountability, rules, mm-hmm. regulations. There should be. And that I'm not opposed to like a social safety net because I think there should be. Because I think both uh, rules and regulations and a social safety net can bolster a free market system. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm not opposed to any of that. It's just that my disposition is towards creating a freer market. That's where I orient towards, which is why, which is why, like I was thinking about this yesterday. If you look at my political, if you've looked at my political compass test results, (laughs) I I haven't been posted them since I started taking the test, but I know them from when I started taking the test. So for those of you who don't know, who haven't watched one of our podcasts, you should go back and watch it. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Um, You have the left-right axis and the, on the horizontal and the, which is economic and the authoritarian libertarian axis on the vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be very much like to the left, but then like really close to the authoritarian. Like was still like the closest you could get to like authoritarian with still, with still being in the libertarian quad half. But then basically over the, over the past five years, I would say I've moved really sharply down the libertarian streak and then now I'm moving strongly to the right of it mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm a right winger I should be clear I'm not by any means like right wing in turn like I'm not conservative I'm never gonna vote because even then like even if I moved like all the way to the like furthest right libertarian position on that compass I'm never voting for the Republican Party under any circumstance i would vote for bernie fucking sanders before i vote for like even a romney type of like republic or even a charlie baker type of republican and the logic is because i would argue it's because my politics have become more pro-freedom and oriented around that and getting government out of people's lives and opening up freedom of opportunity for people because i have because essentially the th- problem with the uh, acts, the political compass is it only uh, evaluates based on your economic views and your how big you think government should be. And I'm someone who happens to believe in a more free market system, which is more right wing, are understandably more of a right wing position. And I happen to be more anti big government, which is a highly libertarian position. So obviously in that quadrant, in that only two ways of looking at it obviously i would be a right libertarian (laughs) it's not a shock to me that that's where they put me (laughs) but then you look at other tests that have other axes and i will get like left libertarian because there's other things that go into my politics besides just economics and how big the government should be Mm -hmm. so that's why I say that I'm like just generally kind of a little a libertarian because gener- me, generally speaking, I fault like I'm fine with unions. I'm at, like as a point, I'm absolutely fine with unions. Even from like my most libertarian perspective, I'm fine with it on the grounds of freedom of association that people should be free if they want to form a union, go form a union. I'm not going to oppose that under any circumstance. Regardless of like, if you're going from the most like 
if you was like most bad faith assumption of what a libertarian is that like they're the anarcho-capitalist you know free market totally unregulated gotta do all that like even in that position i would still be like go form it if you want to form a union go right on ahead because as far as i'm concerned freedom of association baby you gotta make a union if you want to indeed oh yeah there was another thing that happened this week right that caused some discussion Yes, there was. All right. There what was, was a, this thing, Matthew? The, the Enlighten thing. the audience. Oh, you know, sure. There was a thing with the C-SPAN, our favorite, you know, seeing the goings on on the House and the Senate channel and shit like that. They did a presidential historian survey. They on did. The best, on the best presidents. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes. Um, do you want to tell them who? Do you want to tell the people who the top ten were? Okay, let's start from let's start as Sir Drake once said: start from the bottom and then you go up. <laughs> All right. So number ten was one Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Number nine was Ronald Reagan. Uh, number eight is John F. Kennedy. Number seven is Thomas Jefferson. Number six is is Harry S. Truman. Mm-hmm. Number five is Dwight D. Eisenhower. Number four is Theodore Roosevelt. Number three is Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Number two is George Washington. Mm-hmm. And number one is quite obvious Abraham Lincoln. So, what are your what are your thoughts on this? <sighs> My boy, Lyndon Baines Johnson was robbed. Just barely. Exactly. He was one Thanks, away. Obama. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Um, for me, I have an issue with this. I'm not going to lie. I have an issue. Oh, with sure, this. sure. Please, please do so. So, Yes, thank you for allowing me to have an issue. <laughs> I think I have um, an issue for too. Me, for me, my issues with this is that like lots of this is just like recency bias. Like literally half of these are all just fucking like Dwight D. Eisenhower, Harry Truman, Kennedy, Reagan, and Obama. That's half of the top 10 is all just recency bias in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I think, honestly, I think all five of them are like top 20, if I'm being objectively honest. Mm-hmm. But like not top 10 and that's kind of the problem here mm-hmm. where it's like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have them in like top like james madison is like in top 16 or is like 16 i would be willing to put him in top 10 for sure uh who else is in the top 20 that i can see in there Wilson, I could put in the top 10, but like low <laughs> only because of like World War One. <laughs> like that's kind of the problem is just like Wilson, he did do a lot of things for the country. The problem is, is the racism. Yeah, he was a huge fucking racist. He was a huge fucking racist. He promoted the lost cause revisionism lost cause version of history so like i get why he shouldn't like why he's dropped out of the top 10 but i would still put him in the top 10 but just very low 
mm-hmm. simply for his leadership and his establishing, trying to establish what we now, the League of Nations, which would later, which predis, uh, was the predecessor to the UN. The, um, fuck. League he established the, uh, the thingy. The thing, you know, the thing. Yes, the thing. The thing. <laughs> the um, Federal the Reserve. Okay, Federal Reserve. Which is a hugely, has been a hugely beneficial institution to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, he did lot. He did do lots of good things. The problem is, is that he just has a lot of bad things dangling around his neck. Um, yes. Who else? Uh, McKinley, I could also see in there. Um, <clears throat> Polk, maybe. Mm, I could see the case for Nixon, but yeah, the problem is, is like going back to like Truman, I could see in there, honest, I could honestly see Truman in there. I could see the case for Reagan being in the top 10. I honestly could. Kennedy, my problem with Kennedy being in the top 10 is that while he was a very good pair of hands during the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Berlin Crisis. I think he handled those very well. What a lot of it seems to be is that he is, there's a lot of romanticism around his term in office, and this is kind of why I have my issues with Kennedy. Of course, he did nothing. He, he had this he has this romanticism around what he did in around like the potential of Kennedy. But the mm-hmm. reality is, is that he wouldn't he would never have gotten as much done that as much done as say Lyndon Johnson got done. Mm-hmm. And in large part, Lyndon Johnson was basically, if you realistically look at it, Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson was the continuation of Kennedy's legacy civil rights he probably would have just done something similar to the great society he would kennedy would have gotten involved in vietnam <laughs> like he would not have avoided the vietnam war let's be clear about this um so like if you're gonna praise so the problem is is just like he would not have gotten them done as effectively as johnson would have which is why i can put which is why i would be fine putting johnson in like either the high 50 like 11 to 15 maybe bottom like 5 to 10 but kennedy would be under johnson in my opinion eisenhower is another one where it's kind of like in the presidency he didn't really do much Mm -hmm. as president he didn't do much i feel like that's mostly down to his time as like sure he did the he helps make the roads which is great i'm not going to deny that Mm-hmm. Um, but like for the most part, what he did was just kind of build up. I think it's mostly down to his work in like the D or his work as like grand commander of the Allied mm-hmm. forces in World War II, which is not, you know, excuse me, he deserves credit for that. But that's really not like no. Suspense. I'm sorry, no, that's not as that's that's not as much as like. Jefferson, who he is ranked up against, he who he is ranked over, mm-hmm. like 
Jefferson has his issues. I'm not going to deny that. But just as like a political figure in American history, the importance that Jefferson played in our country is significantly more than fuck it. Like if we're going with like their whole legacy, I'm sorry if you're like an Eisenhower stan, but Eisenhower is not. He did not do as much as Jefferson, just objectively speaking. He did not contribute as much as Jefferson did to the founding of our country, to the establishment of what it meant to be American. Mm-hmm. And to the memes of <laughs> Black ancestry. <laughs> I just, Whenever I think of Jefferson, I think of that, um, I don't know if it was SNL or Key and Peele, but they did this, um, they did this sketch where they had a, uh, it was like an ancestry.com sort of rip off where they're like, find your famous ancestor. And literally every black person they cut to, they were like, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I got it. That's pretty good. That's the reference I was making. But I just, I always think of that whenever I think of that now when I think of Jefferson and it's just, the, the Hemings shit is it's cringe if you really look into it and this is a this is my issue with jefferson and it's jefferson in concept is better than jefferson in practice oh, of course much, much better in my opinion mm-hmm. and so the problem is just reconciling that <laughs> and one of the things is the sally hemmings controversy where you know he was very likely had sex with her mm-hmm. basically he did he had sex with her and uh, she is I believe 30 years as junior. Yes. So it is uh, concerning. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from a modern perspective, it's at the time it was acceptable, but it's still. Eh. It's gross. It's still gross. Uh, and to be clear, not the age thing. That wasn't necessarily the issue. It's the uh, you're a white slave owner who is single, mm-hmm. who, is, who, who is a widower, a male widower. And so people were like, okay. It, like the, it was accepted at that time to, for white men, white male slave owners to, uh, yeah. Yeah, with their slaves. Yeah. So practice, I'm glad is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to know her mind criticisms? Go ahead. First off, Lyndon Johnson should be in the top 10. Maybe I could give you eight, basically. I could see him being at eight at the most. Exactly. JFK, he's, you know, it's because he's dead. He died before his time. Obama, good one, but he may become the JFK of this generation. Yeah. You heard me. I said it. Yeah, I forgot my criticisms of Obama, but it's sorry to just cut in. It's but it's basically the same thing. It's like he's not a bad like I like Obama, not a bad president. I just wouldn't put him in the top ten. I would no, put no, him no. in the top fifteen, just for similar reasons that he's not like an amazing president. He was like in terms of like top ten has to be like you got to be like high A, high or like S tier for me to be in top ten. Exactly. He, Obama is like low A tier at most for me. Sorry. Yeah. And there was a funny joke where um, there was somebody who was basically like, oh, yeah, JFK was, you know, Obama and JFK had this 
these comparisons. And then I did at the comment, I was like, yeah, and their vice presidents were way better presidents than they were. I said what I said. I, I mean, so far I have not been disappointed with Joe. There's maybe like one thing I have an issue with Joe Biden with. And even then, I don't like, it's going to be an issue. The troop withdrawal from Afghanistan is really the only issue I have with Joe Biden. I know you like it. I know you like it. This is a side note. Yeah, we may have a fight. But I, this. but I also do not. I also do not believe that Joe Biden is just like an isolationist. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, if he was genuinely like an isolationist, I would be more concerned about this. But Joe Biden has never given me indi- any any indication that he is an isolationist or wants to cut off the United States from the outside world. So. But yeah, you know, I said it. Watch Biden be ranked higher than Obama when his presidency is done. No. <laughs> so funny how I feel. How as my days go on, I become more critical of Obama. <laughs> and not because of like, oh man, the drones. And I'm like, who fucking cares, man? I would do the drones too. <laughs> how dare you? Bernie Sanders would probably do the drones if you were. Bernie Sanders openly said he would do the drones. Bernie Sanders was the only person, credit to Bernie Sanders, the only person who said that he, I mean, the assumption is that everyone else would do this, but he's the only person that openly said that he would defend Taiwan, the nation of Taiwan. I'm not that, the nation part is a meme, but I agree with it. But he said that he would protect Taiwan from Chinese aggression. So. Eat on it, lefties. Based, Ber- based Bernie Sanders? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would do the exact same thing. No fucking lie. You know. Do you want to know the bottom 10? Hmm? Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Because the bottom 10 is actually kind of funny. I'm looking okay, at- sure. Why not? Let's talk about the bottom 10. The bottom 10, starting in 10th, starting in, well, not 10th place, but. Oh, the bottom 10. Okay. Yes. Also, I love how there is this this thing that said the five presidents who have dropped every year. Mm-hmm. So the five. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, the one that dropped the lowest, the most, Andrew Jackson. He went from 13 yeah. to now he's 22. That makes sense. Uh, Grover Cleveland got, dropped eight points, mm-hmm. 17 to 25. Wilson... Just dropped out the top ten. ten. Oh yeah, no, he six. used to be a pretty consistent top ten person. He was six to now he's thirteen. Zachary Taylor is twenty eight now he's thirty five. Polk was twelve to eighteen, and Nixon used to be twenty five now he's thirty one. That makes sense. <laughs> that all but makes sense. So speaking now, to, sorry, I was going to say, speaking of Zachary Taylor, he starts off the top ten if we want to go down this route. Yeah, let's go to the bottoms. We went to the tops. Yes, to the the bottom 10 starts off with Zachary Ta- Taylor in 35th, mm-hmm. followed by Herbert Hoover in 36th, uh, Warren G. Harding in 37th, Fillmore 38th, John Tyler 39th, William Henry Harrison in 40th, Donald Jan Trump. On. And 41st, Franklin Pierce 
42nd. Andrew Johnson, 43rd. And one James Buchanan in 44th. I don't really disagree with that, honestly. I, I like made- how I was like, if Trump isn't the but second to bottom, put Andrew Johnson at least. And mm-hmm. they did. I would maybe, maybe put Trump lower than Pierce. Yeah, I would too. I feel like as the I, years go on. He's- I could be convinced of that. Yeah. If anything, I, I'm fine with putting Trump, honestly, even below Johnson. <laughs> I Hell, even lower than Buchanan, as far as I'm concerned. I, I feel like the years go by. That He's- might be, yeah, like that might be bias in my opinion, but like both of them, they like one sat by as democracy was about to trying to be overturned. The other one just sat by as the union dissolved. <laughs> The country was literally going to war. Which one is worse? Um, Probably Buchanan, because his actually resulted in a civil war, but Trump has given him a run for his money. (sighs) Yep. So I feel like as the years go by, when we get older, people are going to be like, put Trump lower. Oh, for sure. Trump is definitely... Trump is only going to go down. He's never going to... Because anything anything good is like highly anything good that Trump could have done in my opinion is overturned by the fact that like it was never as substantial as someone like Wilson is a good comparison for for this in my opinion because Wilson has done some truly fucking abhorrent shit in my opinion Mm -hmm. he has also done some really good shit in my opinion Mm-hmm. Just objectively speaking, for both. Whereas, so that like can balance it out, in my opinion, but it's still just. Eh. Trump, on the other hand, has done some good things, but compared to the bad things, they do not balance themselves out as much. Absolutely. At all. At all. And so it's just like. Dude, literally, fucking tried to incite an overturning of a fucking of the fucking election. Not president. Well, as president. As president. As president of the United States. And sure, maybe he didn't directly say, "Go overturn the election," but he still incited the big. What we now refer to as the big lie the idea that this election was stolen. And that was the primary motivating factor that incited this fucking insurrection on January 6th. That was it. Yes. And any conspiracy at this point within the GOP about whether or not the election was stolen is all focused around that one lie. Sorry. And the fact, you're good. And the fact yeah, that people just sort of that Fourth of July, everyone. People like firecrackers. Speaking of that, <laughs> I'll but, tell a funny story after this. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, to this point about conspiracy theories, they're always they're willing to change, evolve, adapt to whatever. But we have to acknowledge and we have to remember the why at the heart of all of this, which is keeping it going, which is that the idea that the election was stolen is a lie. It is not true. 
I don't care that you just like that these are two Democrats, me and Matthew, who are saying this. I don't have a fuck. If you dislike that, cry me a fucking river. I don't care. I don't, I have no sympathy for this. No. Because you're trying, you're deluding yourself into thinking that something is happening. And you're willing, and clearly people were willing to take this to a point, this mass delusion to a point where they were trying to overturn the government. Mm-hmm. And if, if the government was genuinely fucking like authoritarian and bad, trust me, I would be right there with you. I would be totally fine with it. There was no indication that that was going down. This was purely just partisan bullshit. And if anything, it indicates your extreme partisanship by, belie- yeah. by continuing it, by perpetuating it, and by talking about it. Now back to what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, it, as you know, I live in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Greatest day in the union. And there's a story that happened in Ocean City, Maryland, where a truck full of firecrackers or fireworks got blown up. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's all. I mean, same. Exactly. So it's like, I hate firecrackers and fireworks. And also I had a neighbor who did firecrackers at my neighborhood. Well, recently there was an explosion here in one Los Angeles, California. No, really? Um, What's happened? Illegally seized fireworks. Um, well, illegal fireworks that were seized and then the truck that was containing them exploded from what i understand i could be wrong about all the details but yes there was an explosion just a massive fucking explosion of fireworks i'm just i'm not a fan of fireworks either me neither maybe it's just childhood trauma maybe it's because hatred of my neighbor i for you maybe for me it's just i don't like it and they're also fucking annoying and it's also just like the area that I live is kind of got that rural suburban vibe where it's like people there's some there are some you know open areas I say that in quotations mm-hmm. there are some areas that are not developed it's a better way of putting it um where people will set off fireworks and shit all the fucking time like it's not an uncommon occurrence for me to just be sitting here one night and just boom fireworks is off that's not an uncommon occurrence for me out here. It's so fucking stupid. It literally sounds like a fucking gunshot. Just exactly, it sounds like a gun. And I'm just like, is someone trying to like, what's going on in my neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, it's not guns, but it sounds like a fucking gun. And it's just like, fuck you for shoot it for fucking scaring me like that. Exactly. So as we say, fuck fireworks. Yeah, not a fan. Exactly. I'll go to a fireworks show. I'm just not a fan. It's not my first priority. Exactly. It's not the way I want to express my love for this country. Ooh. Favorite founding father. Oh, favorite founding father. Oh, um, let me see. Um... I mean, it's America Day. Out of interest. <laughs> uh, well, that makes sense. That makes sense for you. I see that. Explain. Explain. Morgan. I mean, I don't know. You just, you give me 
the vibe that you would like Hamilton over anyone else. <sighs> Washington is close. Would you like to explain why you like Alexander Hamilton? Well, I like well, other than the musical. Um, but well, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. Even um, then, eh. um, just like big government, you know, um, basically trying to do the, the the banks and stuff, and also being a little skeptical of the French French Revolution. Yeah, those are my big ones. Yes. See, now when I said that makes sense, that makes sense. <laughs> Explain. And my understanding, well, my understanding of your politics, first of all, you're like a progressive. So like, no, no, duh, you kind of want a bigger government and you want mm-hmm. government influence and you probably want a bit more centralized power and not that surprising. You're probably a bit skeptical of the French Revolution because the French Revolution is... <laughs> A well-meaning thing that spiraled out of control. Yes. Um, but for me, I honestly would probably I've come around to this recently. It would be pain. Be Thomas Payne. Thomas Payne. Unequivocally Thomas Payne. Explain. Because this was a guy who was very much in a similar vein to me about like freedom. That was his primary. That was his primary motivator, pushing for freedom. He was also basically an abolitionist before abolition was like really taking off. That's based. He, he is so based. He was essentially advocating for like welfare systems and freeing up people's lives, which is essentially my politics <laughs> in a nutshell. Um. And so it's just like looking into him, he was very much like he very much someone that I was, I would have been supportive of. Whereas like, as much as I'm like Hamilton, which I've, I've kind of fallen out of favor with Hamilton, if I'm being honest, the issues is that the issues that I have is that the Federalists are far too elitist out of both of the political parties. If we're being real here, they were far too fucking elitist. Mm-hmm. And really looking into it a lot of the really a lot of the northern jeffersonian republicans were the ones that kind of seemed to be pushing more for what we could call abolition more than because like from what it seemed like a lot of the federalists who later then became the whigs were pushing for like essentially recolonization shipping africans out of the united states i don't think jeff i don't think to hamilton's credit i don't think hamilton was I think he was but, dead by then. What? Well, yeah, he was dead. This I'm talking about well, like Henry Clay. I'm talking about like Clay and fucking the whole Whig party. Like even Lincoln was kind of like that was his initial philosophy, and then he had to be pushed into supporting abolition by abolitionists. So like, thank you, William Lloyd Garrison. Um, but. <laughs> The sort of the American Colonization Society, which is what I'm referring to, this yes. group that advocated for reco- sending Africans back to Africa, just that was sort of the default position for a while for a lot of people, even people who were like anti-slavery. And it's just, you know, at least where I can say, like, at least the Northern, a lot of Northern Jeffersonian Republicans were more like, 
no, we're pro-freedom and we want to give black people freedom. Give people freedom. Give people freedom. Again, going back to like my politics. Freedom. And again, to this sort of elitism thing that I alluded to before, which Hamilton did encourage. Let's be honest about this. To be honest about that, Hamilton was kind of was was kind of an elitist. Mm, I'm kind as, of elitist too. <laughs> as someone who's not the biggest fan of elitism, because in many ways I see it as much of a I see it as much of an obstruction to freedom as like big government monopolies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. I, I couldn't see myself supporting the Federalists. I, mean, I agree with them essentially on the idea of modernization, their view of industrializing America, but just the elitism of the Federalists is not something I would have been a fan of. On top of the fact that they were very much like a, the Federalists and the Whigs had like a very proto-Christian nationalism to all of their politics, where a lot of it was like, well, we want to, do these things because this is what Jesus commands us to do. And this is what the Bible tells us to do. And it's kind of just like, eh, no, not necessarily because I'm anti-Christian more because again, this is, it, it's like that kind of elitism of we know better. And so therefore we're going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So if my politics, I've uh, I've come to understand this, come to really accept this. If my politics is any sort of, I know I have a reputation for being anti-populist. I, I mean, do. I do too. I have, I would argue more than you. I have a higher, I have a bigger record because I will openly fucking criticize populism in general. Mm. While at the same time, there is a particular, there is a kind of populism to my politics, which is essentially to say that is essentially more of an anti-elitism in general, I would argue, just because there's this, I, I'm not a big fan of wealth stratification because I'm a believer in a meritocracy and that people should be able to make their own way. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of, like, I, if you make, like, if you did something that's super successful, fine, make all your fucking money. That's not, that's not my issue. The issue to me is when it just, because you feel like, is really, it's like the entitlement. I'm just anti-fucking entitlement. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> and I see, I see it a lot in like very wealthy people and not just wealthy people, but like wealthy kids. Cause I grew up around a lot of wealthy kids. I am a wealthy kid. I've seen like not Jeff Bezos, wealthy kid, Jeff Bezos, child, wealthy kid, or Bill Gates's kids, wealthy kid. But I, I'm able to live comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I've seen it before and I'm just not like, I've seen that shit up close and to my father's credit, he really sort of instilled in me the idea that you need to go out and sort of make your own way in the world and do your own thing. And for me, it's just like this insistent, for me, I always sort of, for me, I believe it's what you do on this world that matters. It's what you do with your life. And if you're just going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to all these parties and I'm so cool and I'm just like the greatest. I'm just amazing. And I just, I contribute virtually nothing to society, but I'm just like, cool. And it's just like, then fuck you. Exactly. As John, as my picture of John, Johnny Carson is, he's giving the finger. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, it's, 
this also like ties back into my fucking white supremacist views or my issues with white nationalism slash white supremacy because it's all it's all a matter of entitlement it's all people who believe that they are entitled to everything and they're special because of who they were born you know because if because they did nothing because they just happened to be born into the right circumstance whether that's being born wealthy or born white in both instances both of those are stupid in my opinion because you for you did nothing you did nothing to earn that you are now born as a you were if you were born wealthy great you were born wealthy do something with that make it fucking matter if you were born white i don't give a shit that your ancestors were fucking romans or i conquerors i don't fucking give a shit about that i don't care if anything be fucking real about if we're gonna go with like the roman perspective on anything if anything my view is the more roman view of anything because this is where i this reflects their view of nobility more than anything else because the romans the idea of nobility wasn't so much that like oh your ancestor was the head of state or conquered this land it was okay sure your ancestors did all these great things now what are you going to do with your life now what are you going to achieve in your in your life and so my view that you need to go out and make your own way and achieve what you can is much more reflective of that ideology than any sort of veneration of Rome simply because they were white. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, that's my favorite founding father. Washington and Franklin, of course. Yeah. For me, it would be pain and then... Maybe Madison. Maybe yeah. Madison. Definitely like, my... Yeah. Spoiler, I am around James Madison's height. I am not, but I'm like six plus. Okay. But uh yeah. Yeah. Um I think I've been in Washington, DC. Did anything happen in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. I think so. That's my knowledge. We haven't seen uh, Washington. Still not a state yet. Soon. 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 Oh, yeah. Joe Biden is eating ice cream. Oh, good for him. (laughs) Oh. Hmm. Can I just be angry about something? Sure. Okay. Do it. If this is going to be the last podcast, I just want to get this out there. We don't know if this is going to be the last podcast, but regardless, something that has come to dominate my politics that I just really dislike. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Internal at Whitwood. The California just announced the, the date for the RICO election. Yes. September 14th. Yes. I will be voting. Yeah. Gavin Newsom, you are not being recalled by this voter. I can tell <laughs> you that right now. And well, considering no Democrat has jumped into the race, I'm honestly probably just going to write in London Breed's name as a replacement, <laughs> even though I doubt it matters. Just right now, that's what I'm thinking. Watch um, it be the part of it. <laughs> what? Watch it be the part of it, basically, like, <laughs> this one person name 
is going to be a replacement to Gavin Newsom. Mm. That's because of my one vote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was just going to jump into some weird, stupid. Well, for starters, we know the date now. Yeah. Obviously, I'm voting against the recall and uh, it's looking good. I don't think, I honestly don't think he's going to be recalled, but you never know. The irony is, is that he could run. <laughs> the irony is, is that he could run again in 2022. He could still run in 2022. Wow. So, because he's because in California, you're only <clears throat> the way it's the way the law is interpreted and the way the language is phrased is, is only you have to be elected twice. And he's only been elected governor once. Yes. So he could still run, and like the reason Gray Davis couldn't run in uh, four years later in 20. 2006 was because he had already been elected to governor to being the governor twice yeah so newsom again side note this is why the gubernatorial race is really just an extension of the 2022 race just earlier like because literally all the same players are just going to be running again in 2022 regardless what are you mad about honey Ohio 11th. Ohio's 11th. Oh, Ohio 11th. <laughs> election. I am just mad at everyone. <laughs> I'm just mad at everyone. I don't have, a, like, honestly, sure. I'm not going to deny. If I have to pick a dog in the fight, it's going to be Chantel Brown over Nina Turner. I'm not going to deny that. I am a moderate. I'm in the moderate Democratic camp. Democratic Party camp. Or the moderate camp of the Democratic Party. Like, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I'm a progressive and I probably would pick Brown because a certain person said um, some not so nice stuff about patron saint of the podcast, James Clyburn. That is true. Nina Turner was not exactly the nicest, but at the end of the day, here's my problem. What is your problem? At the end of the day, and this speaks to a larger issue I have with the, Demo- with the Democratic Party, but factions of the democratic party factions of the voters of the democratic party mm-hmm. in that and i made a tweet about this earlier from when you're listening to this about a day ago <laughs> where i basically said i'm gonna pull this up it was um me watching Ohio 11 special election drama go down on twitter.com and it's this woman who just looks clearly done with it at a sports game and she just says, I hope, I just hope both teams have fun on the shirt. That's what the shirt says. Um, and my logic behind that is that I just, these, these fucking ideologically driven intra-party fights to me are just such bullshit. They're such bullshit. They are. Here's the reality of the matter. Do I agree with Nina Turner most of the time? No, I'm not going to deny that. Ideologically speaking. But would I take Nina Turner over the alternative? Fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with Nina Turner being the nominee. And conversely, if Chantel Brown wins, I don't have an issue with Chantel Brown being the fucking nominee. It's the same reason why I was like, sure. Did I prefer Joe Biden win the nomination? Yeah. But would I have voted for Bernie Sanders if he somehow pulled it off? Yeah. Because I might disagree more with Bernie Sanders than I do Joe Biden. But Bernie Sanders is still objectively better. Yeah. And this just insistence on this idea of like these <clears throat> hardened ideological factions 
belies a real lack of understanding about the Democratic Party by a lot of online people, very terminally online people on both sides. Because it really seems like neither side, I've definitely, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but both sides seem to really lack the understanding that the Democratic Party is a coalition of voters. Yes. It is bound together by a coalition that wants to achieve certain policy goals more than it wants to achieve an ideological outcome. And sure, those policy goals might line up with what we can call liberalism, but at the end of the day, the policies are the primary focus and achieving those policies are the primary end game. And so this idea that you like, we have to have this ideologically pure democratic party is ridiculous, whether or not it's progressive saying that we need that, whether you know it's progressive saying we need some sort of progressive Tea Party equivalent to try and oust all the moderate Democrats, or moderate Democrats saying that Dem- the Democratic Party is just going to turn us into a bunch of socialists, or that the like, progressives are going to turn the party to a bunch of fucking socialists. Because as far as I'm concerned, no, neither side is going to be fully in control. Neither side is realistically going to have a net. Like, you look at Congress, you look at the Democratic caucus, it's, it's literally split like three different ways. No side has a majority. You got the blue dogs, you got the new Democrats, you got the progressives. And both the progressives and the blue, the progressives and the new Democrats have about the most. And the blue dogs are like a third group. But neither one really has like a massive majority. And that reflects the Democratic Party. Because the Democratic Party is not this like hyper ideological party. It is various voting blocks with different interests working together to achieve their end goal, which is different than if you look at the Republican ideological caucuses where I believe it's like the Tuesday group or the study group. I forget exactly what they're main caucuses but it has virtually every republican in it i want to say about like a solid two three-fourths of the two-thirds to like three-fourths of the of the republican caucuses in that caucus and that is reflective of how the republican party is much more driven by the ideology and the beliefs than the policy which is, a, which is a major difference between the parties that I don't think a lot of people really get. Yeah. And so just, y'all, Calm down. vote blue no matter who. Exactly. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, unless it's fucking Louis Farrakhan or Stalin, <laughs> just vote blue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... New York City isn't getting their shit together. <sighs> They're doing fine. They just had some fucking issues on the first day of reporting. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing fine now. It's just that when they initially released some of the ranked choice stuff, the results, there were some issues <clears throat> with regards to the exact numbers that they were releasing, but the result is not that surprising. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it seemed to be what it was going to be anyway, which is like Garcia and Adams in the end and Garcia or Adams barely edges it out. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that this gets turned around and Garcia, because at this point it seems like Garcia is going to be the one to 
who's going to be in that final with Adams. So it's possible that Garcia could still win this, which obviously I would like. But um, we'll see. To this yeah. point, vote blue no matter who. Yeah, exactly. Regardless of who wins, <laughs> I'm going to be fine with the nominee because even if I have my criticisms of Eric Adams, the Republican nominee is over here talking about their fucking 15 cats and how they each have a different personality. And while that might be funny and, you know, it's like a meme as a mayor, that would be a very cringe. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, I just want to say a hilarious joke that uh, one J. Miles Coleman once said. If they had Olivia Benson in charge of the vote stuff, we would have already known who won by now. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. She would take no shits in the getting that thing done. Exactly. Also, uh, in Georgia, a certain former former football player is going (laughs) to, looks like he's running for the Senate. Herschel, have fun. Herschel Walker. I have I know nothing of your football career, but enjoy. What I'm more interested in is going to be the reactions to one Christian Walker. <laughs> a man who I believe has lost his mind on some level. For those of you who don't know, if you ever see this, like Christian Walker is uh, a Chris minor Walker. internet celebrity. Yep. Because he makes these just ridiculously over-the-top TikToks about politics. And in particular, like, very pro, not even pro-Republican, pro-Trump TikToks. And it is... It's something. It's a thing. Yep. Well, now he's seven months younger than I am. I totally want Christian Walker to be the head of his father's. Um, also, we have to say he is Herschel Walker's son. Yes, he is Herschel Walker's son of that. Yeah, I want him. Not to, clear. I want him to head his father's campaign. Oh my god! Please, please. <laughs> I just want to see that. <laughs> I just want to see the flaming train wreck that would be. It would never happen. Herschel, Herschel Walker would have to be stupid to do that. But if Please. he's out of his media campaign, <laughs> you chef's kiss. Beautiful. Yes, because please. Herschel Walker is, uh, or, or not Herschel, Christian Walker is, uh, to put it mildly, insufferable. Yes. <laughs> he is insufferable. I if I watch anything from Christian Walker, it is either to laugh at it or out of just, I would say, I wouldn't say, hey, watch, but no. It's not like I just, it's not that I don't, hmm. I don't really hate Christian Walker. I just find him to be a ridiculous buffoon. Because what is there to hate about this? Like, sure, I have sharp disagreements with his politics and would I ever put the dude into power? No, because Dear fucking God, that would be a nightmare. But the dude is just a dumbass who doesn't get anything and just is pro-Trump in a way that is just pathetic, honestly. 
so funny. Like literally, just look up Christian Walker TikTok. Just imagine when. And it's easy to see when this dude is just ridiculous. Just imagine if you're the Starbucks person, gave Christian Walker his coffee, and then you see him going batshit insane. Uh, Just sitting there like... Just just don't know if you want to breathe or want to call peace or something, you know? You don't know. I'm just stressing (laughs) because that would be if I was that like first of all I'm from the birds nothing but respect (laughs) but I do and ironically have nothing but respect for fucking service people because they serve oh absolutely they're they're fucking shit they go through fucking hell exactly um and just having to watch these people who just fuck with them for internet points is just the saddest, most ridiculous fucking bullshit <laughs> I've ever seen. And so, like, knowing, like, to be fair, the, like, it's not the worst, but it's fucking stupid to have to watch, like, these, like, I remember seeing these TikToks of, like, Irvines or something of, like, someone who will roll up and be like, start singing and then they expect the service worker to start singing with them and the service worker just does the social does the service worker equivalent of just fuck you and closes the door mm-hmm. which nothing but respect honestly absolutely <laughs> nothing but respect for that move but that's like not the worst <laughs> compared to fucking some of the crazies on twitter the crazies on social media like Christian Walker, I would want, I would just be like, fuck you. Yeah. Middle finger to the air. Yeah. Middle fingers up. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Oh, so. this is hilarious. Someone on Twitter, I would not say their name, is like, how can he, Christian Walker, call for a return for traditional masculinity when he dresses like a <laughs> Forever 21 reject? <laughs> And here's the thing about Christian Walker is that he is very much like he's very much like a very flamboyant, feminine gay man. And that's that's okay. That's fine. We're we, libertarians. We don't care. Yeah. We don't that's not the issue here. It's the policies and the views that he advocates for that directly contradict all of this shit. Like you mentioned, the fact that he's like openly calling for a return to masculinity when by that logic there would be just a bunch of dude bros running around calling him a faggot exactly like that's what that means christian if you're returning to this like repressed stoic masculinity where the guys are just bullying people who are different than them all the fucking time guess who's going to be the target of the bullying christian Regardless of whether you are in an all-white situation or an all-black situation, it's going to be you. <laughs> it will be you. It's going to be you. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be fine. I look like a, I got, look, I look like a dude go. <laughs> I have been propositioned by, I was propositioned by football players to play on the team with them. Oh, I right. was never called a faggot in high school. Wow. And I never played on the and I never played in the football. I never played in the football. But <laughs> I never played in the football. 
I was propositioned multiple times, just randomly walking through high school. Someone would be like, hey, you want to play football? You should come try <laughs> out. I was just like, thanks, but no thanks. But Christian, 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 my friend, Christian, they're going to call you a faggot at Chevy in the locker. Oh, yeah, totally. So like I always said how like, oh, yeah, you think Pete Buttigieg would win? And I said no, because people are homophobic as fuck. Yeah, it's unfortunately. Yeah. And we have people like Walker making excuses for those people exactly. and advocating that we should have a return to the time when those people didn't get called out for the bullshit yeah because i'm not gonna lie jock and bro culture has significantly improved hmm. significantly objectively improved and he wants to go back to when it wasn't <laughs> why why would you unless Mm. Oh, look! I don't know the kinks of one Christian Walker. However, there is the possibility. However, I do know the gay community. <laughs> you may, and I do know that the gay community has a bit of a thing for the humiliation kink. Has a bit of a a bit of a thing for admiring and sexualizing the men who bullied them in high school. And sometimes I look at the people like Christian Walker and I wonder, are you taking your kinks and turning them into reality? (laughs) Because don't get me wrong. I'll admit I have a bit of those kinks. I have a bit of a humiliation kink. I'm not going to lie. I'm straight and I have a humiliation kink. I don't want that to be my norm. Exactly. I don't want that to be the life that I live. Mm-hmm. I want it to be consensual and in my room with a man that I deeply love and care for and who slaps me in the face and calls me a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third time you said it. <laughs> but I don't want my I don't want to be walking down the street and have that happen. Exactly. Why would you? Look, this is probably going to be the last podcast. I'm going all out. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever problem with people knowing this about my sexuality. It's not the end of the world. Look, it's my fucking sexuality, and I'm not doing exactly. it. I'm not having it That's done to other people. Your body, your choice. <laughs> exactly. I would do this in the privacy of my own fucking house, okay? Exactly. Oh, yeah, I need to uh, learn something. Uh, one, uh, Alan West is apparently going to run for governor. In Texas. Oh, right. That was just announced today. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Alan West is the former, he was a former, he was in a, he was a representative from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Florida. Was he from Florida? Yes. Wait. Right. He was right. He was from Florida, but he came to power in like that Tea Party wave yeah. in Florida. But now he moved to Texas and became the Texas GOP chair. And now he's running to <laughs> and he's not running as like an independent or anything so he's running in the republican primary against greg. against greg abbott the incumbent and for those of you who don't know texas does not have gubernatorial term limits so greg abbott is it doesn't matter when greg abbott was first elected greg abbott can greg abbott can run again 
And he, as far as I know, he is in 2022. And again, and again, and again. <laughs> so that'll be fun to watch. Oh, it will be. <laughs> the drama, the tension. Mm. The picture of uh, Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis. Oh, that'll be used against him if he ever runs for president. Oh, absolutely. It'd be like Chris Christie all over again. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm absolutely certain he didn't try to shake Biden's hand for that reason, or at least get a picture where he shook Biden's hand for that reason. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Yep. To be clear. But yeah. He's, he, when Trump came to Florida, he was like, oh, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> but anyway, anything else? No. All right. This has been an episode. This may be our last. We don't know. Maybe potentially our last. Yeah. Um, this was. If it has been, do we want to give a little send off? If it has been. Um. If well, it is. If it is, um, it was fun. Our thirteen episode run. <laughs> Lucky first... number thirteen. Oh no. Yeah, it was fun. Uh talking politics it was i mean this was literally just invented as like a joke i mean it is a joke it is it's a joke but it was crafted when we were in our dms as a total joke and honestly it's been fun Mm -hmm. just the weirdest shit to talk about but i've enjoyed it me too (laughs) no i'm not crying i'm just like i don't blame you we My put in the work and we did it mm-hmm. for at least 13 episodes. Yep. So we'll see I'm, if we keep this go going. To, I'm going to get ready to watch a wedding as <laughs> a live stream. I am going to get ready to celebrate the 4th of July by getting potentially shit-faced. <laughs> I have a weird habit of getting really drunk on the 4th of July for some reason. <laughs> on Literally only on the 4th of July. No other holidays. <laughs> and I can't blame it on the fact that like my dad died around this time because this happened long before my father died. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I'm going to try and control my drinking tonight. Yeah, but I will I'm be gonna, drinking. I'm going to control my resentment that I'm not going to be in the wedding in person. <laughs> My Regardless, brother, my brother is. He's probably the best man, I think. Congrats to your brother for being the best man. And congrats yeah. to the lovely new couple. Yes, heterosexual. <laughs> the heterosexual, the traditional masculine. <laughs> this is my parody of Christian Walker. Traditional masculine. Wait a minute, you need society. to have the coffee with you. <laughs> oh, you're right. I don't have my call. I don't have my Starbucks. <laughs> It's not complete. And I don't have like a crop top. Goodness. For being someone who's calling for a traditional masculinity. He, he dresses like the most flamboyant feminine gay man I have ever seen. My good lord. Regardless, it's been an episode of the Down Bad Politics podcast and we have enjoyed our time with you. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed my time with you, Matthew. Uh, you too, honey. Oh, thanks, dear. Yes, we are like a married couple. At this point. Exactly. I'm Morgan McIntyre. I am Matthew Barber. Good night. And...
Good luck. And <laughs> God bless these United States of America and our troops. <laughs> Amen.